every single scene he's got to kill 50 dudes? Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are discussing the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. We spoil the shit out of it, and there's a little kind of weird audio problem in the middle. So look forward to that. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Hello. And Nick Glover. A.K.A. Thember Child. <laughs> okay, don't make me make you put on a Thember Child costume, though, because I will do it. Oh. <laughs> For sex. And we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, A.K.A. the new Dungeons & Dragons movie. It just came out, and we all saw it. And That's I don't know about true. you guys, but I fucking loved it. So yeah. we're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. I don't know how much you care. There is a plot. There are twists. You may care. But ultimately, if you want to listen to this to find out whether or not the movie is worth your time, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> are there twists? I mean, technically, there, there are, are a twists. few. There are a few twists, I feel like. There's a couple twists there. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say they're completely out of the blue or completely unpredictable. Yeah. Are, there, there, are there unexpected twists? twists? Maybe a couple. Maybe. Yeah. There's yeah. one twist early on that the trailers did not set you up for. Oh. All right. Let's, All right. Let's just go right out of the gate. Nick, what's that twist? The twist is that uh, who the villain is, I would say, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that, oh, I forgot the actor's name already. Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant Grant is very much portrayed in the trailers as a part of their adventuring team. And even their thief, I would say, if you had to guess, or their rogue. All of the posters show him as part of the team. Yeah. He is part of the team, actually, at the very very beginning. Um, But also in the very beginning, he betrays them. And it's pretty obvious at that betrayal point, even before it's revealed that it's a betrayal that it you know there's shady shit going down with him Mm -hmm. um so because his character forge fitzwilliam is the one who is uh friends or at least partnered with the red wizard safina and so and she is the one who betrays them thereby you could argue that that forge also is the one who ultimately is the architect of their betrayal but maybe he didn't know Maybe she surprised. She betrayed him no. too, Molly. Did you ever think? I didn't think of that. I thought oh, she's you know, okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought for so sure that women he was are the super, real enemy. So, yeah. for context, for anyone that's not super familiar with um, Forgotten Realms as a campaign setting, the Red Wizards of Fey are basically fucking Nazis. Like they are, they are undead magic wielding, uh, xenophobic. Uh, genociders they are uh, magical fascists mm-hmm. um so and everyone knows this it's not a secret everyone everyone we, knows what's up so we, if he's working with Faye, i mean he's a villain but that's why she hides her markings on her head he knew though he tells her to hide her markings i'm just saying he tells yeah. her he is the he's the uh the red wizard in this movie, wearing her uh, skull cap and hood and everything else is, uh, uh, the you know, the same reason we don't have uh, shirtless cop calendars. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone would see all the Nazis. Oh, they'd see tattoos. all the swastikas. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, okay. I don't think we need to recap the plot because, you know, yeah. if you're listening to this, you either saw it or you want to know what was great about it. So let's hit some high notes. Uh, Tim. Uh, sorry. Very nice. Sorry. Very nicely done. I just Tim. watched That's History of the World easy. Part One. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So what, uh, what were some of your favorite moments? One or two moments that you really loved. And Nick, I'm coming to you next. <laughs> Jesus, why do, I, yourselves. why do I have to be first? Um, I could go if you want some time. I, I, I really, uh, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the fact there was an NPC. Can I just say that? Yes. That, that we got the paladin uh, played by uh, 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 Bridgerton Dreamboat. Yeah. And, and uh, he's, you know, badass paladin. Clearly like he's the level 20 to all these characters, level fives. <laughs> and, um, and uh, he's just there for a little bit, and uh, then he leaves. He, he just walks away. He, just, he, just, <laughs> he, he walks right over a rock. And uh, Zink Yendar. That part where he walked, and they were like, he just walks in a straight line no matter what. Oh, here comes a rock. Here comes a rock. So I've been joking. That's how I play Assassin's Creed. I'm like, I find the point. I go forward, and I just walk over, swim. You just walk right over the rock. It was great. Yeah. It was great. That's, that's what was... non-player characters would do. You put a rock in front exactly. of them, they just walk right over it. Uh, and I, I loved that. I loved that there was this non-player character who's there to to forward the plot, and then he leaves. Um, I also uh, loved the big uh, fat dragon. It was, and I'm not trying to fat shame the dragon. It was, it was. He just, is just a. He's a fat dragon, and you know what? The word fat's not a problem, so we yeah. can call him fat yeah. dragon. So, uh, what I, one thing I just loved about the paladin uh, Zenk uh, is, so I mean, like he's like a redemption arc paladin. Like, there's all these class traits that you can see happening, but also. So I don't know about like when you guys were young or or playing D and D or whatever, and palad no one wanted to be paladins because it was like no one wants to be the goody goody or mm -hmm. like the way they they play their lawful goodness is restrictive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I've really appreciated those restrictions in those character archetypes and seen how much fun people can have playing a paladin. Mm -hmm. And this was such a fun stick in the mud. Like paladins are supposed to be kind of a stick in the mud. But like he didn't understand nuance. It kind of like yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Drax. Drax, Drax. But but not similarly a metaphor. Just yeah, I yeah. I find that that what is it? I find that sarcasm is a blade that often cuts its wielder <laughs> the deepest, or whatever. Like all that, he was fantastic. Yeah, he was a great character. I, I I enjoyed him, but I also enjoyed the fact that he was not like he wasn't there until the end. He was not a permanent party member. Right. He was, he's, uh, so I, uh, that, that, that I think probably was my favorite bit of the movie. Other than Thumberchod, the, uh, the fat, the fat red. The, Actually, Wikipedia calls him pudgy, which I find <laughs> to be fat erasure. I'm frankly, think, that's fat erasure. I'm is, pudgy. Thumberchod is fat. He is not pudgy. He's fat. He is yeah, fat. Him's a big boy. Yeah, but so you liked that. I mean, that was obviously like some good comic relief. Yeah, you know, like and there's a lot of that in this movie. Uh, Nick, what 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 parts? So, in a very general sense, uh, so much of Dungeons and Dragons is actually in this Dungeons and Dragons movie, and the the use of the campaign setting Forgotten Realms is is kind of my favorite part. So that's a lot of small parts. Um, but just viewing it as the movie and as the fun time it was, um, I really liked 
the Chris Pine as the bard mm-hmm. who isn't really good at anything. But he's the leader. But he's the leader. <laughs> he's charismatic. He's good at convincing people he's got a plan. Like he he very much felt like a a played character in his- the same way that Zenk felt like an NPC. He felt like a PC where he's like, what do I do? I make the plan. And when someone fumbles a die roll and the plan fails, I come up with a new plan. <laughs> and, and his and entire attack strategy is to hit people with a loot. Yeah, yeah and, all and he, doesn't, he, he doesn't have a sword. He doesn't have, doesn't have no. a, he's got a fucking loot and he hits people with it. But, and he plays it sometimes. sometimes. Like, you know, kind of a, hey, nanny, nah. And, and there's also <laughs> several times in the movie where he gives a pep talk. Yes. To someone, which is. Inspiration. Bardic inspiration. Yep. And and there are a couple times where he knows something that someone, someone mentions something and he knows some background on that. And that's that bardic knowledge at play. And yep. Like I, I really feel like all the characters were really rep- well represented from their role playing class, but I feel like I really loved the bard, yeah, uh, and and how he was used and the character and pl- enacted. I was uh, thrilled that they had that their barbarian was a woman because sure. it's so easy to make your barbarian a man. Uh, that's very you know, and and you know that's but like, and she wasn't dumb and. She, she wasn't just like, you know, rage filled muscle all the time, right. but it was you know, like our first introduction to her is, you know, where they're in the prison and it's like, he's and, and the, the new prisoner is hitting on her and Chris Pine just going, Oh yeah, I don't, she doesn't like being interrupted when she's eating her potatoes. You know, just kind of like just hearing that sentence is like, you know, what's about to happen. You know, this dude's going to get his ass kicked, but just when is it going to happen was great. And and her using potatoes throughout the the, the movie as yeah. as a weapon or as a a an item of choice was great. Uh, I also uh, one of my favorite moments was the the corpses talking. Yeah, uh, how they cast the spell to where they can ask the corpse. <laughs> yeah. Is it five questions? Yes, Speak five dead. questions. Speak with dead five questions, but you have to ask them five. Otherwise, they don't get to be dead again. Now, see, <laughs> see, it's worth noting that the spell Speak for Dead actually allows the spell to be dismissed early by the caster. Okay, okay. Um, That's good to know. That's but, good to know. But Simon's not uh, a very yeah. good wizard. So. Simon doesn't really well, know all the rules to his spells. Um, yeah, but uh, those voices of the undead were the improv group Auntie Donna. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. that was it. Was very it was. Uh, so those are I mean, that's some highlights. I I thought that I genuinely, man, this is some of the most fun I've had at a movie in a long time. Yeah, and I I was delighted the entire time and just like I mean at, at times laughing so hard I I was like I have to stop or I'm not going to hear the next thing. Yeah, you know? like everything everywhere all at once was the last time I had as much fun in a movie i think maybe. so what you're saying is that this movie will also win best picture mm. um, <laughs> um i um, think uh, i think what i i appreciated about it a lot is i mean this movie was a dungeons and dragons campaign right it it, it mm-hmm. unfolds the way a good campaign would and when you go back to the uh, original dungeons and dragons movie which is a steaming pile of crap one of the reasons it's a steaming pile of crap is because it doesn't unfold like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It's clearly not made by people who understand how Dungeons and Dragons worked. So, I mean, yes, it's a story. Yes, I mean, there were very few twists in this plot that were a surprise to me. But 
but the story is very much the the way a D and D campaign story is told, where you've got the oh, yeah. the mini quests, but they're all leading back to this one major quest, and we've got mm-hmm. our major final battle with our major big bad, where our our heroes are clearly outclassed, but if they're clever enough. And if they paid attention to the the hints mm-hmm. the dungeon master has been dropping through the campaign, they will know just enough to be able to beat this unbeatable foe. And, with, and with the wall. it starts off with them stealing something that they don't know that they're stealing it for a villain. And then later they are kind of responsible yeah. for stopping the villain using the thing they stole. That's like D&D 101. Yeah. Yeah. That is like classic setup i also uh uh the 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 monsters i mean it felt like a campaign because of the monsters Uh, and and there were some good ones so uh the the um druid wild shapes into an owlbear which technically (laughs) oh yeah we were we were walking the die today and nick's like technically a wild magic wouldn't be able to shape shift into an owlbear because they are monsters and i was like you know that ruined the movie for someone you know Um, someone was like arms crossed like well now i can't have fun (laughs) and my uh, answer is shut up it was a fucking owlbear and it was great yeah yeah uh, you see like uh, rust monsters fighting over like a sword up in the rafters. Yep, in mimic the chest. Mimic chest. Gelatinous cube. Uh, the gelatinous uh, cube. <laughs> when they run into the gelatinous cube, I'm like, sweet. It's a gelatinous it cube. That's yeah. so I'm great. I'm just imagining like, like how many seconds did it take for them to go down there? Okay. It's like 30. So that's five rounds of combat. So for five rounds, they all took, you know, so many D6 yep, damage. Yep. Okay. Um, there was uh, the displacer beasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah. that same arena yeah. scene, um, yeah. the, we talked about Thumberchild, who's a, a um, red, red dragon. dragon, and then um, the intel- lots of undead. The One intellect the devourers. Love- I mean, my yes. God, yep. they had intellect devourers. What a cheap, what a cheap oh, joke! But I laughed. So I laughed. But it made me laugh just the because, like, there. I don't know. The writing <laughs> of this movie was so good. And that, and all of the actors, and you know, to some degree, this comes from the director. The timing of everything was great. Great, just timing. like as they're like, oh, they're intellect devourers, and we all know, we all know what's about to happen, right? We all know what's about to happen. It's just the whole like, oh, what's this? You, know, you put your hand on a guy's head. What's this? Oh, it's a brain eater, and it's starving. You know, like yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, it's an intellect devourer, and then just harp, 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 and as they walk by, and there's this beat, and then. Well, that was hurtful. (laughs) There's so many ways that could have gone that that joke could have been written. The punchline that would have been less funny. And it just it was very good. Um, I will say uh, with uh, Thermoshad, one of my favorite. Is that right? Thembershad? Thembershad. One of my favorite things was that, yes, he was fat and his wings couldn't fly him, but he was using his bulk to fuck shit up. Like he was slamming into walls. He was using his bulk to like, you know, push at them. And I've always thought that was very cool because like a lot of times in movies when they want to, you know, make a beast overweight and it's like, Oh, he can't even do what he's supposed to do. It's like, nah, this dragon has figured it out. Like, and it was, yeah, it was great. He, he has like a whole order of priests and slaves and, and all that. Like, like it's, it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see a depiction of him as what he is, which is a you know an intelligent right red dragon or whatever. But I, it's such a nitpick. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, the portal magic. The hither, oh, the hither, 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 hither staff. Hither, 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 hither staff. 
not canonically dungeon. That's a new, oh, really? that's a new thing. Yes. Excellent. I but thought that was very, it was, it was very cleverly used uh, to good plot device. It, it was, yeah. It really reminded me of the portable hole from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Um, like, like a two, like a two sided, you know, portable hole type yeah. of deal. Obviously, you know, portal the game kind of. Um, uh, also uh, of note I found was a uh, Holga's halfling ex-husband oh, who has God. a thing for female barbarians. And, she has and a- then you find out she. He has a thing for halfling men. I think no, I think no, actually. It said halfling on Wikipedia. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Was that mm-hmm. was that was that Bradley Cooper? Because the dude looked it like was. Bradley Cooper. I, yeah, it was like, Bradley fantastic. Cooper. Like, Holy shit, that's fucking Bradley Cooper! And I didn't go back to yeah. check IMDb to be sure, but I was. I, yeah, I'm like, I think, I think, just for this one scene, they they're like Bradley Cooper. Would you like to come yeah. in and? The, the moment when when the new wife, the new girlfriend or fiance <laughs> comes in and she's and it's just like blood in her hand. Uh, Man, it's like, oh, who's this? Oh, this is Holga. Oh, you're Holga. It was just such a like, it was such a perfect like, oh boy, this is the new one, huh? Like, like in Ted Lasso when he introduces his new wife, whose name is also Rebecca. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, just, yeah, I, I, uh, man. So, okay, we've talked about lots of it was good. Was there anything you didn't like? It's all so childish. The Be childish. Like. So okay, um, uh, the sorcerer Simon uh, talks up. So first of all, he's a wild magic sorcerer, which they kind of he has some sort of a weird trinket on his belt that's you know doing that. But other than that part, that's fairly accurately wild magicy. But he talks about his ancestor being a very powerful uh wizard who we see in El- the elminster yeah. who is con- a he is like the gandalf of forgotten realms oh, right okay so but he is a very popular or, or powerful wizard not a sorcerer and simon is a sorcerer and sorcery comes from uh things like a, a little bit of dragon or infernal blood in your in your history maybe some fey in your in your lineage um I think maybe you can become a sorcerer through a, a pact, but that kind of reeks. But of he is a half elf. Sure, but like I mean, that's that's some that's like he's half fey, isn't he? Uh, elves are considered fey to some extent, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. He's, his it's his half, ancestor is half fey to some extent. Elminster Almer is a human wizard. Right. For what it's worth. Yes. So I just think that, that that making it as if he's magical because his ancestor is this powerful wizard is like, uh, it's such a nitpick, but someday I just want there to be an accurate depiction of this is a wizard. This is a sorcerer. They are both arcane magic users, but they are very different. One of them is, you know, learning from a book and using intelligence. And the other one is, is using uh, charisma and is channeling the magic innately. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I know it's so stupid, especially if you're not a person that's played D and D it sounds like such a, a nitpick, but like, I would just, I would love to see that someday, please. Fair enough. In something. It's minor. Tim, anything that you didn't like? Uh, If there was something that I was disappointed in, the games that were going on at the end of the movie, um, there's this point where uh, Hugh Grant's character introduces the game, and then like 20 minutes of shit happens, and then the game finally starts. (laughs) And I'm like... 
I'm pretty sure that game would have started a lot sooner than that. Uh, but also, there was a there wasn't ever any idea of what the rules were, and, <laughs> or and what like the goal was, yeah, or what the goal was. And then then <laughs> like two other sets of adventurers show up just to get killed. Um, it's like go through the maze, but to where? Yeah, and uh, one of those sets of adventurers was the adventuring party from the animated Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. <laughs> yes, they look just like them. Yeah, the wizard pointy green hat and glasses on the wizard, like the whole party. It's straight up. It's yeah, the, yeah. which um, is great. And I mean, so I enjoyed the scene, right? You know, with the displacer beast and all the crazy shit that was happening. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I was like. Why are there three sets of adventurers? Is one of them the winner, or is it just more people to kill? I, yeah, you know, you know, uh, and and so it bugged me a little bit that I didn't know the rules. Like maybe I was supposed to know the rules. Like maybe that was an inside D and D fan. If I'd played the right module, uh, I would know what this what this mm-hmm. game was. And you know, sure. I didn't think I, I didn't need ten minutes of exposition on it, but yeah, you know, a little something like when when they're right at the beginning and you've got the druid who probably has no idea what this what the fuck the game is, you know, and the bard's like, oh well here's the basics of what what's about to happen sure. to Sure. Yep. You know. With his bardic knowledge. That yeah, would have worked. That yep. would have worked. Similarly and maybe they my... shot a scene and they cut it. I don't know. But Yeah. Similarly my only problem where I was like, what? Was uh when uh uh, the uh, what Doric, uh, the when she put her, she got her hand caught in the gelatinous cube, and then Holga pulls her free, and the bracelet comes off. The magic dampening bracelet is the only thing that comes off in the cube. I was like, I would have loved even just one line that was like, I guess it weakened the clasp or fucking something. Sure. <laughs> but it makes no sense how getting your hand, or maybe she lost her hand, right? If her hand had been dissolved. That would have been fine. And it was like, oh, man, I lost my hand. Well, at least that bracelet came off. But instead, right. it was like she just pulled her hand free and the bracelet was in the cube. And I'm like, I guess. Like, I mean, I get I get that she needs to be able to do her magic for the, you know, uh, that's what so the movie can happen. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like any any just throwaway line would have helped there. I just I felt kind of like, OK, yeah. <laughs> with that one. <laughs> um. Yeah, so anything else we haven't yeah. talked about, so, please. Uh, uh, I like that Simon is, when they find him after busting out of out of the uh, canonical prison in Icewind Dale, <laughs> um, the name escapes me, but it's it's in there. Uh, they find him performing magic tricks, and all he's doing is prestidigitation. Like, every single little thing he does, like lighting his finger and creating a smell and just those small illusions. Oh, at the, at the club that he's, yeah. All one cantrip. It's just prestidigitation, which is super fucking handy, but also it's the joke is that it's useless. Yeah. But I think that the thing he conjures the smell of is the smell of fresh cut grass. Yes. Yes. There is a character in the third season of critical role. Who's played by uh, Sam Regal, whose name is, fresh cut grass it might have been a little bit of an easter egg but i just the spells in this were really fun the final battle with the villain is so full of spells 
yeah. from D&D. That's yeah. very, very fun. I also like that they all teamed up on Safina because that's very much like what would happen in a party. Totally. You know, like you're all you're all doing what you can to fight together. And that is the strength of D&D is that you are an adventuring party. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of D&D. I mean, I'm sure there are D&D games out there where it's just one DM and maybe one or two people. Right. But like the idea of D&D is that there are many of you and you all have a small piece of the puzzle that can, you know, together we are mighty, you know, kind of yep. thing. It's very, it's very Avengers, oh, right? It's very, no, yeah. Absolutely. Can I, can uh, I say one other thing that I was disappointed in, in the storytelling? Yeah. Uh, so our bard character's daughter is like the, 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 our MacGuffin, right? She's the thing that they're yeah. trying, yeah. trying yeah. to rescue. And she has, we've learned very early, a, an amulet that turns her invisible. Yes. Which, of course, has a payoff near the end. I knew that was going to happen. But yeah. um, what bothered me is, you know, Hugh Grant has has smoked this girl into thinking that her father is a terrible person. And I wanted her to be smart enough to have used that invisibility amulet to know everything that was going on. Mm. Or to figure it out at to some have, point. To have figured out that 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 Hugh Grant was lying to her. And that her father was not the slime bag yeah. that he'd been telling her. They definitely her. made it seem like she was just very complacent. I think they were leaning really heavily on the, she was traumatized. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I, wanted I, was, her to, I just wanted her to have more agency, more intelligence, more ability yeah. to do shit on her own. Um, yeah. And I was, I, especially since she was like, she wanted to go with them. And, you know, there is this idea that she'd been adventuring with them and doing she small things. And so I wanted, because there had been an implication at the beginning that she had that capability. I wanted to see that used mm-hmm. uh, in sure. in a more in a, in a more interesting way. And I, I thought I, it, I felt like they kind of did that character a little dirty. I was really grateful. I was really worried that it was going to be like she was actually invested in her mom coming back to life. Oh yeah, uh, because I was like, like every time they were like every time. Chris Pine's character uh, Edgin. Every time Edgin was like, "I'm going to bring back mom," I was like. She died in childbirth. Well, like she doesn't she's know killed by the face. Sure, but she doesn't know her mom. Like right. she has zero memories of her mom. So like as far as as far as the Kira goes, she doesn't remember her. So she would like for Edgin to keep being like, I'm gonna bring her back, I'm gonna bring yeah. her back. It's like and 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 luckily the actor playing Kira kept being like, Okay, like she never looked all that excited right. about it. So the fact that they used it on Holga. Because that is her mom. Like right. I, I really appreciated that, and and that they they didn't do it in a ham fisted way. Edgin didn't go. She is like your mom, isn't she? They just saw it. Right. You know, she just saw how much she was crying when Holga died, and was like, "Yeah, this is right. You know, this is what we need to use it for." For I sure. Did, I did uh, also um, like the scene when uh, the, somebody says something about Edgin and Holga being, you know, being in a relationship, yeah. and both Ew. of them are like, "Ew, gross." Yeah. No. <laughs> she had a bunch of really uh Holga Kilgore. Holga uh, Kilgore. What uh, a great barbarian uh-huh. name. Yeah. She she has such a great uh very understated um dry humor mm-hmm. uh in a lot of her jokes that I think you could really easily miss because so many of the other jokes are like kind of uproariously funny. But like there's a moment where Chris Pine where Ed says like I could kiss you. And she just says like really low under her breath, just try it. <laughs> like just, And there's such a threat, in, you know, that comes yeah. with that. 
that so naturally. Also, she was a fucking beast. She looked amazing. Like they actually let Michelle Rodriguez bulk up more than she normally is. Like she looked bulkier than she does in the Fast and Furious the, movies. The costume really added yes. to that, I think. But like too. they they did not shy away from they didn't that. shy no. away from making times, her look like a barbarian. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times with women, you know, who are supposed to be strong, they they definitely it's like she's got magical muscles. Like Gail, you, like Gal Gadot and yeah. yeah, right? Like her muscles are magic. She does Pilates. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, this girl lifts. <laughs> one one more part I absolutely loved was the uh when they need a distraction, they Simon does a major image of yes. of Edgen of of Chris Pine, the the illusion where he's playing the <laughs> flute, and how it starts distorting and his face starts drooping and everything. And something that's really silly about this, I think, is that like if you want to meta game the movie, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a spell that has concentration. And so you can't take other actions while doing a spell that requires concentration. And if you do anything, like you get attacked or you try to do certain things, you have to take a, make a concentration check to maintain your spell. So I feel like what we saw there was him failing a concentration check to maintain his concentration mm-hmm. spell and it failing in a spectacular and hilarious mm-hmm. way. Like, I don't need the mechanics to be so ingrained into the movie, but I really appreciated what they did. And one thing that I would really love to see come from this because it was so successful. And I feel like everyone we know that's seen it has that very glowing things to say about it is um, forgotten realms is a really big world. And, Mm -hmm. and we saw a, a good little taste of a whole bunch of different places, but honestly, there's no reason just like with your tabletop role playing game, you can't have them making new stories with new characters that are in this world that they don't even need to overlap very much. Just you keep using this as a setting. Keep making D&D stuff, please. A lower deck style animated show in Forgotten Realms that crosses over with this a little bit would be great. Or, you know, like a heist flick or a, a drama or, you know, you could do D&D horror or whatever. Like, you could do anything with this. And I mm-hmm. think it's it's great to see them finally using the campaign setting and the, and the world of, of, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or one of the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons uh, and actually utilizing that. And gosh, more please. <laughs> so what you're looking for is maybe we would call it a D&D CU. <laughs> I was thinking um uh uh what what do they have they have uh they have realms uh, it's it's mm. planes that's what planes. it is the uh the dungeons and dragons cinematic realm sure <laughs> I, I would I would watch more I, I you know I would watch more movies yeah. produced yeah. by this group they understand Dungeons and Dragons. They made a movie that appeals to people who don't understand Dungeons and Dragons and also appeals to people who do. And that's that's yeah. smart mm-hmm. that's smart filmmaking. Honestly, I really so I loved Justice Smith and Sophia Lillis, uh, who played Simon and Doric. I I would love to see them branching off into like starting another adventuring party to have another story. I don't think we need to see uh, Ed and uh, uh, Holga and Kira anymore. It seems like they're maybe going to go settle down, you know, and just have a family life. And that could be great. But I, I would I would love to see. Uh, I thought Justice Smith did a fantastic job with a character 
Uh, Because, you know, a sorcerer who isn't all that great, who has low self-esteem could be kind of a drag or could have been written as, uh, you know, kind of just a pathetic, whiny character. Oh, the girl doesn't like me. Uh." But that never happened. And he really did just keep striving. And I thought that was a great character. Uh, Sophia Lillis, man. So uh, in in the It movies, uh, Sophia Lillis plays Beverly Marsh. Oh, I did put it together. Fantastic. And also, uh, she's also uh, in this. Hang on, I got to find it because, oh, she was in uh, Sharp Objects on HBO, which is an adaptation of one of my favorite Gillian Flynn books. Uh, And she's great in that, too. Uh, Definitely, I feel like definitely an actor to watch. Mm. Uh, She's got really good timing she's got really good emotions without it over you know overplaying anything but yeah i would love to watch something with the two of them uh and i think it'd be great if they wanted to continue if we wanted to have a dungeons and dragons cinematic planes uh to continue by taking a couple of the characters and moving them into a new games which you know very similar to what critical role does yeah. uh very similar you know, with dimension 20 as well you know there are a lot of a lot of these it's like they, there's some characters or even just actors that that you know come over but yeah i i absolutely again cannot stress enough how impressed i was with how funny this movie was like i was expecting to have a good time but like it was just hilarious and and really sharp writing yeah Last thoughts before we go on to five questions, which we actually have. More, please. Uh, <laughs> the one thing in the movie that surprised me was the uh, jailbreak when all the, the only reason they were waiting for that one character was so that they could ride him <sighs> to freedom. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, <laughs> yeah. As they were about to get released, I thought that was fucking hilarious yeah what's his name like jornathan yeah jornathan or something like that it's like the only reason the only reason it was not because they were friends or they knew each other it was just because oh that's the bird guy he's a bird we can ride the bird guy to freedom that one character who all she ever says is jornathan yes Yeah. Uh, The funniest part of this entire movie, though, to me, was at the very end when it said based on Hasbro's Dungeons and Dragons. We laughed so hard at that. Fantastic. Uh, But it is time for five questions. Five questions. And we have five questions. These are very aged five questions. These have been ripened to the the prime. Mm. So uh, listener Carrie Hanselman wrote to us almost a year ago. And uh, sent us her five questions. And I, like an asshole, did not see the email all these times that we haven't even done any five questions. I know. I know. So, Carrie, sincere apologies from me. Uh, I I flagged them with a flag's color that I never even noticed until today. What a bit. So, we have five questions from listener Carrie Hanselman. And I think you're going to like these. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Question. Carrie also answered. So I'm going to read the question. I'm going to read Carrie's answer Perfect. and then we'll go to y'all. So that All gives right. us thinking time. Good. Good. It does, which yeah. is very polite. All right. Question one. Is there a chore in your life you cannot or will not give up? Carrie says, I love cutting my grass. It's just peaceful. And I'm going to piggyback on that. I also, I love yard work. I wouldn't trade yard work. If someone was like, we're going to have a gardener do all your yard work and they'll just take care of everything and it'll look really pretty. I would say, no, thank you. I want to do the work. I love getting dirty. I love planting things. Even when I fail and they die, I feel like I did something. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up yard work for anything. 
Uh, Tim or Nick, what would if you what what what's one chore in your life you cannot or will not give up? Uh, you know, as much as I hate other cars, uh, I actually really enjoy driving. Uh, mm, to the point answer. that, like, uh, you know, like when we go on road trips and my 23-year-old son, who's been driving for years, can spell me on an eight-hour driving day, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Driving's a good one. Nick? Uh, oh, boy. You know, I I have get a great sense of accomplishment from uh, snowblowing the sidewalk. Sure. And, and going so far as to do, like, neighbors' sidewalks and mm-hmm. stuff, I, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't give it up. As long as I'm physically able, I would always do that. I think it's it's just, I don't know. I feel like I did some stuff afterward. My husband likes to blow the whole block because it makes him feel like he did some stuff. And he did. <laughs> it's true. Question two. If physics wasn't an issue, what would be your dream vacation? Harry says Australia. Hmm. I'm assuming that's because Carrie can teleport the spiders away, but the power <laughs> of their mind. <laughs> so if physics wasn't an issue. Let's say you could just get wherever you needed to with snap of your fingers, et cetera. Where would you go for your dream vacation? Uh, I'd probably do a tour there. Are the, this is my obnoxious nerdy thing. I love America's national parks. I've uh, only not been to 13, 13 of them. Okay. So yeah. I would go to the 13 that I haven't been to, which would be uh, require some considerable teleportation to do it in two weeks. That's true. That's true. Any any thoughts over there? Oh, man, there are a whole bunch of places that I'd like to go that I don't want to fly to because it's just too far of a flight mm-hmm. and it sounds very uncomfortable. I think I think if, if teleportation and, and physics defying is on the menu, uh, that's that's when I finally do Japan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would go to the moon without a suit because oh, sure. I want to go to the moon. Understand. But I don't want to just listen to my own. Oh, the physics you would. The whole time. The physics you would break is the need to, to the breathe The need air. to breathe oxygen and or the fact that a vacuum is a problem. Sure. You'd break I a would, little pressurized atmosphere. I just have my little. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. But I would. Yeah. And if you guys won't accept the moon as an answer, then I, I guess it. I would say. I would I would love to go. Uh, I want to go into the Marianas Trench. That'd I think cool. that sounds terrifying. That'd be very cool. Yeah, I accept. Yeah. I I do accept the moon. That's that's a complete. I love the idea of like being okay. So like this is like this is boy. Tell me you're autistic or that. Tell me you're autistic. I just want to be alone, so alone, <laughs> like so alone, and feel that crushing complete aloneness in the dark, and then like see the Earth from afar and know that I'm the only one anywhere. Like like on the planet, I'm the only one. Oh man, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Like a little while. (laughs) Question three. If due to comic mishap, you were declared Pope, what would you do after jailing all the pedophile priests? Carrie's answer. So many human rights changes, mostly in favor of women and LGBTQ plus communities. All right. So, uh, so gentlemen, you have been declared Pope by comic mishap. It's legally binding. They all have to listen to you. You've already jailed all the pedophile priests because that goes without yeah. saying, what's your next thing you do? Uh, use the immense Catholic church fortune to uh, end homelessness and hunger and, or, Lobby for the taxation of religious organizations. That's good. Can you That's... imagine if the Catholic Church like just plopped down millions of dollars yeah. on yeah. a campaign to? And what are they going to say? Like you're anti-religious. You're the you're the Pope. You're the Pope. 
You're as religious as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And since you've already chosen it, I actually was going to say make it possible for women to be priests. Yes. Mm. Yep. That that one change would have a huge, huge rippling effect throughout the Catholic Church. Yeah. uh, My answer before Nick answered was going to be uh, state that God told me that that we should all pay taxes, that that all religions need to pay taxes. God told me so. And so the Catholic Church will now start paying taxes in every country that it is. Uh, Every Catholic Church will pay their share. It's time for us to render onto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's in the Bible, buddy. I thought about just saying like dissolve the Catholic Church, but honestly, I don't know if that would work. No, no I don't know. Even if I was Pope and I and I was like, we're done, everybody, pack it up. Like I don't think that no, would ever that's happen. That's you get the time of two popes or right? Lutheranism, or just, just straight up and assassinated. Yeah, yeah I don't All think right, that would question, work. Question four: When do you predict Marvel will jump the shark? Mm. Carrie has no answer for this one. So when do we predict Marvel will jump the shark? And let's define jump the shark as yeah. being. Uh, the majority of uh, the majority of of uh, people who are plugged into pop culture are done. Uh, most of them are like it. 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 Marvel has become a punchline. Marvel is no longer interesting. Marvel is like Jesus Christ. Can you believe they're doing that? So I guess when what would what would in fact let's just say what would happen that you predict make Marvel jump dark? We'll we'll say that. Well, so I think. <sighs> I think they Marvel is aware of. Let's say MCU. I MCU, think that's what yes. I think that's what I think, he's talking I, no, about. No, I agree. I, I I meant that. So that yeah. I think, feel like the MCU is aware of the fact that there is Marvel fatigue with mm-hmm. you know Phase Five, and you need to see two hundred hours of things just to understand everything in the latest movie. Um, and I think we are due for a bit of a reset with the end of phase five with after secret wars and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Secret invasion. So, see, no secret war. So um, it's one of the later Avengers okay. movies that they have announced. So I feel like we are in the process of Marvel s- cinematic fatigue right now. Okay. And I feel like they are already taking steps to, to re reinvigorate the franchise okay. in the future. So you think it's not going to happen anytime soon? I I think if they're smart, they can prevent it. But yeah. I think it's it's a problem that they have to worry about that they are experiencing now. Okay. Tim, what do you think? What could make Marvel jump the shark? They'd have to lose a whole lot of creatives that are involved in, in Marvel right now that give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such there's Marvel fatigue, but then there's Marvel making bad stuff. Most of the stuff they're making is still good, whether or not people mm-hmm. are, are into it. And and yes, people are kind of like, ah, too many superhero movies. That's not even just Marvel's fault, right? That that's right. you know the DCEU is making movies is 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 making mm-hmm. more movies now. There there's so many superhero movies. It's it's a genre that is that is pervasive and it's hurting Marvel. But I don't think you know when you're talking about junk jumping the shark, you are talking about Marvel becoming shitty. Yes. I don't think Marvel's on the verge of becoming shitty. Uh, so, but it does. I mean, I agree with Nick. It needs to it needs to take a step back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
I would argue so like jumping the shark comes from uh, when Fonzie in Happy Days jumped over a shark on his motorcycle, right? As in something so stupid that after that you can't enjoy the show as much anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. So for me, I feel like that would be if they brought back Steve Rogers or Tony Stark. If they decided, oh, guess what? He didn't die. Or like, oh, look, this is time travel, Steve Rogers. And it's still, it's Chris Evans. He's back playing Captain America. Or like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is back. Guess what, everybody? He uploaded his consciousness and he made him a perfect duplicate of himself. So uh, that last one, he is actually a digital persona of himself. I'm aware. Okay. All right. Is yep. Ray, yep, is Iron Heart. That would be stupid. All right. Also, uh, that's just gonna fucking happen with all the multiverse shit on. I'm the way. just saying that for me would be a jump the shark moment all where right. I would go, boy, that's too bad because oh. they have they have uh they have played into the emotionality and the the sentiment of Tony Stark being dead and of Steve Rogers being dead dead yeah. and gone dead that if they bring that back it invalidates all of the sentimentality that they have played upon for us and it makes me feel like oh so this is just about money now clearly steve not rogers, about a story steve rogers isn't dead he went he lived went back in time and lived his whole life with peggy in secret we and don't is he know. alive in our future we don't know okay but he's not chris evans well, he's an old man. Exactly. But sure. I mean, I, and I, <laughs> which is I don't want to I don't want to talk about talk this to death. But I mean, to me, when Nick brings up the multiverse, if if you're in a multiverse movie and say uh, Bucky encounters uh, Steve in an alternate reality, and it's played for poignancy, and then but that that Captain America doesn't come back. Correct. Right. That to me come is not the is- same thing. Appear yeah. is different than come back. Okay. And also, if they want to show me, like, I don't know, like one of this Steve Rogers is a Nazi, oh, like there cap. could be some crazy stuff, right? Yeah. I'm into that. Sure. What I'm not into is this is our world's Steve Rogers sure. and he's back, everybody. It's fine. Because yeah. That that's uh, that's like the worst thing about superhero comics. Exactly. Is that they aren't characters, they're franchises. Yes, and you gotta exactly. let them fucking die. Yeah. All right. Okay. So question five. Uh, what is a podcast and a non-podcast goal for you for the rest of the year? Uh, it can, Carrie gave just one answer. I don't know if that's because she doesn't have a podcast or if this is how she yeah. feels about both her podcast and her regular life. But she said, try to not get as far behind as I currently am. Mm. So do you have a goal for the show and a goal for yourself? And uh, you know what? Bonus points if it's the same goal. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a very like short term and fairly achievable goal that I'm working on now for yourself, uh, for myself, I have costume ideas for convergence. And now it's a matter of, of trying to make them a reality. And I think it's very achievable. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll just take, you know, work and and diligence, but it'll be a good payoff. Okay. I don't have a podcast goal. Let me think on it. My podcast goal is has already been achieved in that uh, we kept the show going. Hooray for us. (laughs) (laughs) The show continues every week. That's my goal every week as the show happens. Uh Uh, A show, a podcast goal. Uh, We get that new website out. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. That's my podcast goal. Uh, Tim, a goal for you, goal for the show? I just, uh, the goal for the show is just, I'd love to have, you know, another guest like uh, Carl Sagan's daughter, whose name I'm, I'm sure. totally. Sasha. Sasha Sagan, sh- show up and say, hey, I'd love to be on your podcast. And go, holy shit, 
I get to talk to this person that yeah. know, just that's, that'd be cool. Um, and, uh, as far as a personal goal, uh, I just, um, there is an idea that I have for horror fest that I submitted and it's a mm. very difficult festival to get into because there are not a lot of slots, but I kind of mm-hmm. hope that it, get it gets in because I really like the idea and I'd really like to be able to write it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim's goal is to get in that slot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yes, my podcast goal genuinely is just keeping this going every week. Uh, it's a lot more work than I think people realize. And uh, we all put a lot into it. And so I hope that we can keep it going. And my non-podcast goal for the rest of the year is to... Boy, uh, I think it's to play as many video games. I want to, at the end of the year, I want to be like, dang, I played a lot of video games. And so I'm, I'm working on it. What are you playing right now, Molly? I'm not going to talk about it. I'm saving it for a geeky boner. All right. Uh, We have a bonus question. Uh Uh-oh. Bonus Uh question six from Carrie Hanselman. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Why do you keep bringing Ron back, lol? (laughs) Uh, Carrie's answer, because he's amazing. Because oh, he won't leave us alone. Oh, he's oh, like, no. when do I get to be on your podcast again? Tim's so Tim, your answer is because he won't leave he us won't alone. He won't leave us alone. Yeah. Now, Nick, why see, do we keep bringing Ron back? Her aunt, because of people like her are feeding Ron's horrible ego. We'll never hear the end of this. Look what you've done to us. Because he stole my cat and he won't give him back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we keep having Ron back because of blackmail he's got some compromising pictures of tim yeah yeah it's and true. and it's uh it's it's pretty embarrassing and it's honestly. not sexual no it's yeah. not sexual it's very embarrassing no, it's, it's tim it's reading me, the bible non-ironically me. yeah <laughs> i was gonna say I'm, I'm shaking donald trump's hand and smiling and it's just, yeah yeah it's smiling so shaking donald trump's hand there's one he's reading a bible and you can just tell he's genuinely enjoying it like really thinking about the, yeah, the contents yeah. Uh, isn't there that one? He's eating Chick Fil A in the other hand. That's right. Yeah. The one where he's eating Chick Fil A. That's it's it's pretty bad because he's going mm, yummy. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, there's another one with a Westboro Baptist Church. They're doing one of their protests, and I'm just standing in front of him, giving him a big thumbs up. Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. agreement, agreement. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. There's that one where Tim is just screaming at a woman who's trying to get an abortion just by herself. Like, like, what are you doing? Another one where I'm just peeing on a black lives matter sign. I mean, Oh yeah. yeah. Calvin style on the back of a truck, right? Like a little hee hee hee. I think, I think maybe the clincher though, is that that one of Tim at the gun range (laughs) and He's firing at targets that are silhouettes of protesters. Yeah, yeah and one of them's a kid. That's one of them really is definitely a kid. It's a kid. Yeah, <laughs> they're really embarrassing, and Ron's got them all. <laughs> He's got them all, everybody. So Never should have gone to Carrie, Florida. I'm no. glad you asked, Carrie, because honestly, we've been dying to talk about it for the last 12 years. So I don't really know why great. we've never done an episode about it. Damn it! <laughs> Out of shame. <laughs> but now you're free, Tim. You're free. Yeah, I can tell you everybody. Left. You've left a toxic situation. That's from three weeks ago. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Go back and listen to that one. All right. Thank you all for listening to our episode about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, a.k.a. D&D, colon hat. <laughs> colon hat. <laughs> we loved it. My, we hope hat, you my liked colon it needs a hat. <laughs> if you liked it, let us know. If you didn't like it, let us know. You know, we love to hear about it. On the Facebook page is the best place to leave comments. We are getting that website together, everybody. It's happening. You know, I don't even know why he keeps saying it because every time I say it, I just kind of cringe inside because it is happening. We see progress like constantly. We're just trying to figure out some back end stuff. 
Speaking of figuring out some back end stuff, we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. You know, even a plus six loot of smiting would probably do no significant damage. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. That was so weird. I've never seen this thing turn off before.